Hello, folks. Welcome to Holding On with Holder, where I talk to interesting people about interesting topics. My name is Steve Holder, and I am your host. My guest this evening is Chelsea Burnett. She is a real live storm chaser. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you, Steve. Glad to have you on this evening. I'm happy to be here. I've watched you guys, not necessarily you, but Storm Chasers on TV, and you all just amaze me. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your background. Who are you? That's probably the nicest thing someone said about Storm Chasers, so thank you. <laughs> um, so like you said, my name is Chelsea Burnett, and I'm with Texas Storm Chasers. Um, we are a group of six weather enthusiasts out of the state of Texas, and um I'm from Oklahoma, so I grew up in weather. You know, I'm no stranger to severe weather and family have told me that, Chelsea, you've always been interested in weather. So I just sort of followed my passion with a few detours along the way. But now at the ripe age of 35, I'm now, you know, about five years, four years into storm chasing. So um, not really full-time, but just more now than ever. So yeah. it's been fun. <laughs> So you actually go toward those dangerous tornadoes that everybody else is running from, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Well, do you normally find what you're looking for? Do you normally catch them? That reminds me of my first chase ever. Uh, when I went on my first storm chase with owner of Texas Storm Chasers, David Reimer, um, March 25th, 2011, I'll never forget that date. It was a complete blue sky bust, which is what storm chasers refer to as an event that was supposed to unfold and it never happened. And it was just partly cloudy skies and birds singing and a nice sunset and that was it. So uh, it doesn't happen every time for us, but we try. So on a day like that, everybody else is saying, thank you, God, for this beautiful day. And you always saying, bah humbug. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so tell us about your team. So Texas Storm Chasers was birthed in 2009, back when uh, two high school boys decided to film some wildfires that were happening out west of, of Dallas-Fort Worth. And they put their content on social media and it went viral. So they both decided, hmm, there might be something more to this. How about some weather coverage? So owner David Reimer has been growing the enterprise, if you will, uh, for the last 10 to 11 years. And um, there's three guys and three gals. So uh, there's David, who's the owner. There's Jason Cooley. There's Alex Bartholomew myself, Jenny Brown, and Paige Burris. So we're all, we're all, we have slightly different backgrounds, but we all have the common love for weather and we all have our different contributions to the group. Mine is just speaking to the public and being on podcasts and being out there in front of people while they all nerd out behind the scenes and do their thing. So <laughs> that's, a, that's the gist of it though. Okay. So you, are you kind of a PR person then? If you will, yes. Yeah. Um, I've more or less been referred to as the marketing guru of the group. Um, oh, okay. You know, staying up with, with, with the things, with the, with the news and all the new things that we can do to branch ourselves out. And absolutely. Okay. So tell us about the strategy that goes into storm chasing. Oh, so there's several different avenues that people take when storm chasing. A lot of people just do it for the thrill. They just want to get out locally, you know, and hunt around where they live. If storms are moving into the area, go perch up on a hill and watch it move in. Take a few pictures and go home. That's, that's, a, that's a majority of storm chasers. There's also storm chasers who live and breathe 
the storm chasing life where every little setup that's happening, no matter where at in the US, they're there and they're they're capturing it. And um, they're able to recoup costs of that trip by selling that footage to local and national news outlets by ways of a media broker that we're all licensed with. Mm -hmm. So there's different avenues that people go about it. Us at Texas Storm Chasers, we just want to try to have at least one or two of us out there, especially for Texas stuff. We want to try to be out there and capture all of it and put that back out to our viewers. We do live coverage. So David Reimer is especially great at um, staying home and doing live coverage through YouTube and Facebook, uh, Twitch, I think. Um, and he just sits in front of the computer. He analyzes the radar. He, he you know, talks about the warnings and the towns that are going to be affected. So we're the face of a lot of that for people who are especially new to Texas, you know, that who just moved here. So we're just an all around great resource. That's our strategy is just to kind of be an all encompassed group. Not only do we have a social media presence, but we have a local face to face uh, presence with our um, communities. Yeah. So what type of equipment do you use? Anywhere from uh, we have dash cams, you know, um, to capture stuff in front and behind the vehicle. We have our own handheld camcorders that, you know, actually use memory cards these days, not tapes. Um, <laughs> I did used to have one that had tape, though. Uh, we also drive our own personal vehicles. That's something that we're always questioned about. Well, what do you drive? We just drive our own cars out there. Um, and then uh, we have laptop mounts inside of our vehicles so we can properly place our laptops there and whoever's passenger can navigate and, you know, be the eyes. And then I'm a licensed ham radio operator and I have been for 11 years. Um, I hardly ever use that on a chase. I, in fact, I can't remember the last time I actually utilized the ham radio, but it's there when all modes of other communication fail. So, yeah. I actually got my ham license many years ago and I let them expire. <laughs> they last 10 years. I was I was surprised at how long they lasted. Yeah. I am a tech. I'm not a general. I'm not that's an what expert. I was. Okay. Yeah, I'm, ju I'm just a tech. So yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Same. It, when you take the storm chasing aspect out, you know, it's just a bunch of people putting poles up in their yard and gathering yeah. around there and talking to people across the, you know, the world. <laughs> yeah, you can do that on your phone, right? Yes, exactly right. But I could see the tech aspect of it and how neat that is. So okay. I used to be part of a ham radio club here locally many years ago. So I got to kind of see that side of it too. Yeah. So what part of Texas are you all in? Most of us are here in Dallas, Fort Worth, so North Texas. Um, we uh, David's from Duncanville, which is south of the Metroplex. He currently resides in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, and then Paige resides in Oklahoma now too, I think. And then the rest of the four of us are here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So, but we travel all over. And how long has your team been together? Um, let's see, 2009 was uh, just David and one other guy. And then I came into the picture about 2011 after meeting David at a local weather conference the year before. And then I got to meet Jenny Brown and then I met the rest of the team. Um, so officially as a 1099 contractor um, is what we are uh, part of the LLC. And that was 2016. So uh, we've all pretty well been together 2016, 2017 as a group of six. Okay. 
Yep. So are you and your team experts or are you run-of-the-mill storm chasers? Um, I would like to say we're borderline experts. We all have our individual level of experience. I would say mine's probably the smallest only because I just saw my first tornado in 2015. Well, that seems like a long time ago for a novice storm chaser, you know, I guess that's average, but um, everyone else like David Reimer, um, he's been chasing for a really long time. Jenny has two, Paige has two. Jason is our degreed meteorologist in-house. So he's the one who actually got through the throes of earning a degree in meteorology. I failed at it. I, I bowed out after the math. <laughs> so he's the one who officially has a degree. The rest of us just have a lot of field experience. So do you do this for a living or is it a hobby? That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up because there is a well, what's the word for it? I'm full on dinner and it's taken away my brain power. Um, there's this stigma about storm chasers, you know, doing this for a living and making bukus of money. That's not it at all. Us at Texas Storm Chasers, we are using our own resources, our own time away from family and our, you know, we still have full-time jobs. I mean, I have a day job still. Um, I have a family. Um, I have a partner who is also a storm chaser and I have an eight-year-old son. So, you know, we're all multifaceted in, in, in that way, but the way that we are starting to make some money from this and help cover costs, right, to keep this going is to have a Patreon where people can subscribe you know, one, two, three, five dollars per month to get exclusive content. We make money through our YouTube videos, um, through AdSense, and then now presentations. I give paid speaking gigs locally and regionally and across the globe virtually uh, to help cover those costs and to start making a little bit of an income so we can do it more. Okay, good deal. Yeah. And I imagine you all feel like you're in danger quite often. <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, our family's always like, where are you? What's happening? My, my cell phone, my uh, dad and my um, partner, they're able to log in and look at my lo location at any time, you know, so my dad, uh, most of my family still lives back in Oklahoma. So, you know, if he knows that there's severe weather in the area, all he has to do is check to see where my location is and he can rest yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Well, you can't hide then, can you? No, not, not, not really, but I want my loved ones to know where I'm at at all times. So. so have you, any of the people that you've known personally been injured or killed on the storm chase? Nobody that I know personally, thankfully. We've all had our share of getting stuck in the mud and missing out on some action, but, um, you know, we weren't close to anyone, but, you know, we have had fatalities in the community, uh, 2013, a well-renowned um, scientist, uh, Tim Samaris, and two of his partners, you know, they perished uh, in the El Reno tornado in Oklahoma. So um, there have been fatalities, unfortunately. I had met two of the three guys, but we weren't close. Um, there's this chaser convention that happens every year, or it used to, and that's where a lot of us meet and connect, and, you know, we just keep in touch through social media. But Knock on wood, no one personally that I know of. Let's okay. hope 2021 stays that way too. So what months are considered tornado season now? That's another good question. We are in the throes of it now and in spring. Spring is officially the season for tornadoes here in the Southern Plains, the deep South, um, March, April, May, you know, so we're right in the middle here, uh, we're approaching the middle. And then that threat tends to shift northward over the summer months. 
So you get your high planes that are involved in that severe weather too. So, which is something that we partake in. We take a chasecation once a year where we take seven to 10 days and we just go wherever the storms are at in July or in June or July. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot different than chasing down here in the South. Yeah, you ignore the crowds that way, I'm sure. Yes, you're exactly right. Hardly anybody's out, you know, because yeah. they're only there, they only want to chase during March, April, May, and then they go on with their life. Well, we try to extend our season a little bit by going up north and enjoying beautiful storm structure, epic lightning at night without any trees, without any, you know, hills. <laughs> so it's nice. Now, I read somewhere that not all tornadoes sound the same. Is that true? That's correct. Um, a lot of them sound like waterfalls. That's a very common sound that a lot of people don't think about. You know, the public associates sounds of a tornado like with an airplane or a train, and that's not necessarily true all the time. It has this roar about it and, you know, a borderline waterfall sound too. So there's only been a handful of times I've actually heard a tornado, been that close to be able to hear it, but that's true. I think I've always heard that they sound like a train. That's all I've ever yep. heard. Now, That's do common. they also have a smell? Yes. Uh, one chase in particular was May 25th, 2016 in Kansas. And we were closely chasing this tornado for 90 minutes. And about the first 20 minutes of it, um, we followed it as it was moving east and we're driving on the road past a grove of trees and you just you, you just smell the trees it, it's it's unreal what a tornado can do you know so when you're there behind the path and you're there in it it's wild just what your senses can pick up on and that smell of trees is yes that's common do they all smell the same no um a lot of them smell like natural gas you know it just depends on on what they hit so, you know, it smells like lumber if, you know, if they go through uh, an area with a lot of structures or, of course, trees, natural gas. Um, I haven't really experienced any other smells, though. So I guess the smell is, depends on what they have passed through then, in other words. That makes sense. Yep, exactly right. So do they spin clockwise or counterclockwise or both? Counterclockwise here and then clockwise on the other side of the hemisphere. So, okay. yeah. It's like the little swirl in the bathtub, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, now, do you need some kind of a certification or special training to be a storm chaser? So there is a program called Skywarn Storm Spotter Training. And that is something that a lot of novice storm chasers have taken. Um, it, it's a great overall encompassing course through the National Weather Service. It's free. It's offered once a year. Well, I think it's online now because of COVID, but um, it's a great, it has a basic course and an advanced course. And that's something that a lot of storm chasers, you know, um, have taken before. And they used to pass out little certificates for it. It was nothing really official. It was just like, yeah, you completed the program. Good job. Um, but uh, that's probably the one thing that I would offer up for someone who's wanting to get started is to look that up. All of the National Weather Service offices in the US offer that. Um, but as far as having any sort of license or credentials or anything, no. And that's something that's come up in discussion a lot, especially with 
some reckless behavior that has been witnessed with storm chasers. You know, people are looking to re to regulate storm chasing, and it's like, well, where do you start with that? So, as of right now, no, there is no official licensing or cert certification. Okay. Yeah. I imagine you lose a lot of sleep during tornado season. <laughs> Yeah, so does my kid. In fact, uh, just last week, um, my partner, he went out storm chasing. Uh, he was on his way to um, Jackson, Mississippi to set up for last week's outbreak. And he had left. And a few hours later, my son and I were just getting settled for the night. He had just went to bed about 45 minutes before. And this line of storms moves through the Metroplex. One of them in particular ends up having some circulation with it and it went tornado warned. <laughs> so I'm about to get ready for bed and this thing comes across on my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm in a two-story duplex. So my son's upstairs. So I, I, I waited a few minutes and I was watching the radar like, oh, do I wake him up, get him downstairs? Ah, you know, because <laughs> when, when a tornado warning happens while you're playing mom, it hits differently than when you're playing chaser. So yeah. I, I eventually got him up. I got his shoes on. I brought him downstairs. We sat there for another 20 to 30 minutes, waited for the storm to pass. It, it actually didn't do anything. It was just a lot of wind and some hail. But yeah, you can lose some sleep, especially with traveling to wherever you're trying to target, you know, wherever you're coming from. It's a lot of road time, it's a lot of driving. So yes, you can lose sleep. Yeah. So um, what state has the most tornadoes? Oh my gosh, that's actually a good question. Um, I know I've looked this up before, mom brain, I'll blame that. Um, I would have to say somewhere here in the Southern Plains, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, I know those three are probably real close. I'll have to get back at, I'll have to get back to you on that one, on which state so far has the most. I'm so focused on my training or on my presentations here in North Texas. I know what counties here in North Texas have the most tornadoes, but not the actual state in the U.S. Good one, though. So Tornado Alley, I've always heard that. And what stage is that? So in years past, it's always been considered this sliver right through the Central Plains. So Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, parts of Nebraska, Colorado and Missouri maybe Arkansas too, just slivers of those states. Um, but in recent years, they're talking about that. Like where is Tornado Alley officially? You know, because in the last few years, we've seen it have a eastward shift, you know, where Illinois has their share of tornadoes, Tennessee, Mississippi, yeah. Alabama. So that's a good question. Where is that now? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, occasionally we do have them in Tennessee. We don't chase after them though. <laughs> too many trees right <laughs> yeah uh, so do you ever take any i guess stragglers passengers with you people who just want some adventure and want to go with you man we get that question at least weekly on our social media whether that be through messenger or or yeah through email they'll contact us you know on our page and asking not right now it's just too high of a liability um i don't i can't imagine what type of insurance would cover that, you know, a general liability, you know. Uh, so that's something we've had to turn down just simply yeah. because of the liability. If they're storm chaser friends, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll team up and we'll partner up. You know, when uh, last week um, I got out and chased and my partner, I went with my partner, he and I went out and, you know, some of the rest of the Texas storm chasers stay behind and that's okay. You know, we partner up with other people who we trust that's about the extent of it. 
bringing people along. And speaking of liability insurance, is it hard for storm chasers to get it and is it expensive? No, that's another question, especially after uh, in our presentation, they watch a video on hail and watch our windshields crack. Um, we just don't make claims. We typically find it cheaper just to find a local uh, auto body shop that will replace our windshield for fairly cheap, you know, $150 which is typically less than the deductible on our insurance. So we just don't make claims. In fact, you're not a real storm chaser unless your vehicle is dented to all get out. Like you, you need golf ball dents in your hood. You need some cracks in your windshield in order to be like, oh, okay, yeah, they've, they've chased storms. Oh, so we just kind of wear it loud and proud. We don't ever repair it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So what's the scariest adventure you've had so far? Oh, uh, I would have to say the last two times I have chased in Dixie Alley because on radar, you see the storm coming, you see your position in relation to that storm. But when you look out your window, all you see are trees and then maybe some of the definition of the storm cloud. You don't see the actual base of that wall cloud and you don't actually see the funnel or tornado you don't know what's going on you just have to hope that your internet connection is stabilized enough to where you can receive those rapid radar updates so um last year was my first chase in mississippi in Peshuta, mississippi we came close to intercepting a tornado out there and we were just driving down this road and it was just wall-to-wall -wall trees and at down the hill a bit we could see this dark gray black fog rising and it was the most i got on camera too it is the most eerie thing to happen it was just floating up in the air and it was just that storm pulling up that moisture so we knew wherever that tornado was it was close and it was still feeding on the surface moisture and it was it was mean and And you just froze up the tornado and see where it's going. Okay. You Damn. froze up there for about 30 seconds. So oh, no. I'm I sorry. I didn't hear you. I didn't see you. So anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, Mississippi is probably the scariest chasing because you can't see what's going on half the time. That's, I'm summarizing what I just said. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, how do you choose your locations? Is it always by radar or sometimes just a guess or? So, in the moment, yes, but we start planning our chases out days in advance. Um, some chasers, most chasers rely on the Storm Prediction Center. They put out their thoughts on where the strongest the storms are going to be. And we all individually, you know, review the models. We look at different things uh, that will signal what's going on. And we'll all talk about it and we'll all come to a general conclusion of where we think we'll end up. And so we like to get out there a few hours beforehand so we can make any adjustments locally if we need to, like go further north or further south. So, um, but when it comes to go time, when those storms start popping up on radar, we also look at what's called mesoanalysis, which is where we take a look at what's going on right now in the atmosphere in the area. So where's a lot of moisture coming in at? Where's the best shear? Where's the best, you know, all these different things we look at. And then we plug and play like, okay, well that storm's moving into this environment, that storm down there, it's moving into more stable air. So yeah. it's very much a process, a multi-day process. And sometimes you go to the same location more than once in tornado <laughs> season, don't you? 
Dixie Alley's been it for us this in, in this month alone. March has been sending us out east more than anything. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give anybody that thinks they want to be a storm chaser? Definitely partner up with other people who are like-minded. Um, it took me a long time to find this inner circle of weather chasing, storm chasing friends. Um, just uh, definitely take the local National Weather Service Skywarn storm spotter training. That's a great place to start because if they're doing it in person now, you can always go and take the course and meet some people there because there's other people that are there for the same thing. Yeah. Um, when you take it online, you can take it online, join, there's tons of social media groups. There's a ton of Facebook groups for storm chasers. I would just say, put yourself out there, meet some new people, find people who are like you and your style. Like, do you like artsy pictures of the thunderstorm or do you want to be up underneath the belly of the storm getting that raw, you know? So definitely make connections, see who's a good fit and chase with someone for the first time who's been chasing many, many times before. There's nothing like going out alone. That's another yeah. thing. Number one, don't chase alone. I'll just say that right, right there. Chase with somebody. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So anything else that you want us to know about Texas storm chasers that we haven't covered? Oh, uh, we were on German TV once um, in 2018. We were approached in January of 2018. We were approached by email asking us if we would be available in June of that same year to take a German film crew <laughs> storm chasing. If you know the weather down here june is not a great month for in fact it's just too hot and dry for us most of the time but they flew into dallas they were here for a month they were recording a series called texas madness and when they were googling material they came across texas storm chasers so they asked us we delivered we found a severe thunderstorm out out west we got a lot of good content and they turned it into two different episodes so we've been on european tv before fun stuff I imagine they have tornadoes around the world, right? They do, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay. Well, Chelsea, I've really enjoyed hearing about your storm chasing. Thank you for- Thank you, listening. Steve. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You want to tell folks about your website? Yes, thank you. So it's texasstormchasers.com. We also have a free app. The app is a great tool to have because we have interactive HD radar. We post blogs about upcoming severe weather on there. So if you want to find out in detail what's going on this spring, that's a great place to look. Also, when we go live, when David goes live with his coverage, you can view it there on the app too. We're on all the social media platforms. We have a great YouTube with a ton of great content, recent content from the last two weeks. So be sure to check that out. Thank you. Okay, great. And folks, thanks for tuning in to Holding On With Holder. Please subscribe to my channel and feel free to share this video all over social media and tell everybody about Texas Storm Chasers. Thank Thanks you. again, Chelsea. You Thanks, Steve. You too. Bye-bye.